Amen, amen, amen. Thank the Lord. Thank the Lord that he lives and thank the Lord that we have a relationship with him, that he walks with us and talks with us. Boy, I'm telling you what, thank the Lord for those songwriters that expressed their relationship with God so that you and I would have a means whereby to express our relationship with God. So boy, thank the Lord for that. All righty. We're going to go ahead and get right into our uh, lesson tonight. And uh, then after that, we'll take uh, time for some prayer requests and then close in a season of prayer. Now, I will tell you uh, that this type of teaching that I'm going to try to do tonight is something I've never tried to do before. So uh, y'all be patient with me. You know, I enjoy opportunity to stretch myself. Whenever I brought the desk up and said I was going to make myself sit at a desk and teach, uh, I was stretching myself. I was trying to force myself to slow down and to become more of a teacher. And so now I'm going to be stretching myself again with trying to interact with the screen and these type of things. But whenever you do stretches, it can be painful. So it, the problem is it might be painful for y'all too. So uh, y'all just bear with me. But no, I think this will be very enjoyable as we go through and uh, look at these things. And Raw Hot Rod, uh, I will try to communicate with you uh, when to switch to the next slide. It won't, may not be real clear, but uh, I'll try to communicate to you when we're going to switch to the next slide. And uh, we will move through here on your worksheet, on the back of your work, on your uh, prayer sheet, on the back of your prayer sheet, there's just a picture of uh, the land of Israel. And I left some space there to the right of the picture uh, so that you could maybe draw some arrows and make some notes if you wanted to. Uh, as we go through here tonight, we're going to be looking at the strategic location of the promised land, the strategic location of the promised land. Whenever you think about the physical location of the Holy Land, some have wondered why did God choose that little sliver of land there in the middle of east to be the headquarters uh, or the base for his ministry? Why did he choose that spot to, uh, to be the home for his people? Uh, uh, why is it that he, uh, he said, this is where I want you to go? Why, when he told Abraham, I'm going to show you a land, why is that where he sent him? What is it about that location? Did God pick it at random? Or is there something strategic about this location? And so tonight we're going to look uh, here at the location of Israel. And I believe that we're going to see that God has a purpose for everything he does. And whenever God does something, whenever God directs us to do something, there is always a purpose. We may not always see it. We may not always understand it, but there is always a purpose for it. And I believe as we go through this tonight, you will see that God makes no mistake in each and everything that he does. So we're going to pray, then we'll get into the lesson. Father, we thank you for this day. Uh, Lord, we thank you. Uh, Father, Lord, for the privilege, uh, Lord, that I had to be able to go and see the promised land. I thank you, dear Lord, uh, for uh, each of these people, Lord, and their desire uh, to learn and know, Father, Lord, that we might better understand, that we might have a better grasp, that we might better see how and why you work and why you do what you do. And, uh, Father, Lord, that we'll have a better understanding. And, Lord, tonight as we look at this location, I pray to Father, oh Lord, that it will reveal to us your wisdom in everything you do. And Lord, as we apply it to this piece of physical land, Father, I pray that we will see that it can also apply to every aspect of our lives and following you. And Father, we'll thank you for it. Bless now throughout this lesson. Bless the children's ministry and the teens ministry uh, this evening. I pray to Lord that you'll be with them. And Father, we'll thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. 
And amen. Now I've got for our text Genesis 12, 1. I've got that on the screen. Uh, Genesis 12, 1. The Bible says there, uh, Now the Lord had said unto Abram, Get thee out of thy country. You can go to the next one there, Hot Rod. Get thee out of thy country and from thy kindred and from thy father's house unto a land that I will show thee. So we know uh, that God uh, came to Abraham. He called Abraham out and he said, Abraham, I want you to leave where you're at uh, and I want to take you somewhere and I want to show you uh, a land. There is a specific place that I need you to go. There's a specific place that I need you to be established. And of course we know uh, that the Lord called Abraham out of Ur of the Chaldees. And that'll be our next slide there. And I'm going to show you a couple of things about uh, Ur of the Chaldees, where the Lord called Abraham out of. So if you see here uh, on this map, and I've got me a pointer here. There we go. Uh, over here in this little corner right here, you, you may be able to see in the little blue letters right there, it says Ur. This is the traditional location that we have uh, taught for many, many years that this is where Abraham came from. It's right here at Ur. Uh, and very well maybe uh, that that's where Abraham was called from. And of course he followed uh, after God called him out up the red line uh, to Haran right there. And uh, then he stayed in Haran for some time until his father died. Then he left Haran and came down the purple line there until he winded up uh, in uh, Israel. And so that is the traditional uh, thing that we've uh, many we, most folks believe that that's where Ur was and where Abraham came from. There's also a group of people that believe Ur is up here in Turkey, right up here and that Abraham traveled down to Haran and then on down into Israel. Not that that matters which spot Abraham came from, whether he came from the southern Ur or the northern Ur, really doesn't matter. What does matter is that God said, Abraham, where you're at is not where I'm going to be working from. I need you to pack your bags and I need you to go to a place that I'm going to reveal to you. There is a special place that I want you to go to. And so the Lord caused Abraham to leave where he was and to go to Israel. On our next slide, uh, we have a picture here that kind of gives us a viewpoint of Israel's location uh, in relation to the rest of the world. Now you look right here. And you see Israel is this little bitty green sliver right here. Now, of course, God promised more uh, land to Israel than what they possessed, but this is where Israel is at. It's right there. And then you can see you've got Egypt over here. My, my pointer's not working. Anyway, you've got Egypt over here. You've got Saudi Arabia here. Uh, you've got uh, Asia up uh, to the north. And so Israel's kind of right in the middle of all those things. And so God brought Abraham right there. It's like, why did he bring him right there? Why is it that God wanted Abraham to come to that location? If you go to the next slide, I have here a picture of a map from 1851. So this map is from 1851. And what this map is showing is Jerusalem in the center of what was then the then known continents. So you have Europe, Asia, and Africa. That was the continents that were known at that time. And Jerusalem was dead center of those continents. It kind of looked like a propeller. Uh, and it shows that Jerusalem was the hub. Jerusalem was dead uh, center. So anyone 
who wanted to travel from Africa to Asia had to go through Jerusalem. Anybody wanted to go from Asia to Africa or from Asia to Europe or Europe to Africa, anybody that wanted to go anywhere, uh, Israel controlled the trade route. Israel was right there in the center and anybody that wanted to go anywhere had to go through Israel. And so you're like, well, why is it important that this land would be at the center of all the continents. Why is that? Well, I believe there are several passages of Scripture that show us why God strategically placed Israel right there in the center. If you go to the next slide here, I believe we can see the purpose of this strategic location can be found when we consider God's desire. In 1 Samuel 17, 46, the Bible says that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. Exodus 9.16 says that my name may be declared throughout all the earth. Joshua 4.24 says that all the people of the earth might know the hand of the Lord. 1 Kings 8 verse number 43 says that all people of the earth may know thy name. 2 Kings 19.19 says that all the kingdoms of the earth may know that thou art the Lord God. Psalm 46 and verse number 10 says, Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted in the earth. Now many of these verses are in relation to something that God did or something that God accomplished that all the earth might know. Now in a day when there was no telephone, in a day when there was no social media, in a day when there was no radio, no television, no broadcast, everything was carried by word of mouth. This is how the message was carried everywhere. There were people who were runners and they would take the message and they would run and they would tell someone else. And, and of course there were letters written and an individual would take that letter and they would carry that letter to the king. Everything was person to person, face to face, word of mouth is how the word spread. Now God's will was that all the earth might know that I am God. This was his purpose. This was his design. This was his desire. That all the earth might know that I am God. So he told Abraham, he said, I'm going to take you to a land. I'm going to take you to a specific place. I'm going to take you to a strategic location. I'm going to give you a land so that from that location, all the earth might hear about God. All the earth might hear about me and about what I'm doing. We can see the effectiveness of this strategic location even better when we look at the topography of Israel. If you go to that next slide here, we'll look at the topography of Israel. If you looked at my table when I had it set up Sunday, I had uh, this map laying over there and it's a, uh, a 3D map. It's uh, raised relief. Uh, so you can see this very clearly. But if you look at this map, right here on the right side is mountains, okay? So that is all the mountains of uh, Jordan right down through there. You've got all this mountainous terrain on the right-hand side. Next, you have the Jordan Valley. runs the whole course of the land of Israel from the Sea of Galilee to the Dead Sea. That is the Jordan Valley. Then on the left-hand side, just past the Jordan Valley, you have another mountain range that runs the whole length of of the country of Israel. And then on the far left, you have the seacoast. And so it's very easy to remember the topography of Israel. You have mountains 
valley, mountains, seacoast. I mean, it's pretty easy to figure it out. It all runs north and south. Mountains, valley, mountains, seacoast. This is how the land is laid out. Mountains, valley, mountains, seacoast. And so the topography of the land dictates how you travel the land. Nowadays, we have motor vehicles and we put roads wherever we want, but in Jesus' day, you traveled according to the lay of the land. This is how you traveled. If you were going to go anywhere, you followed the lay of the land. You took the, the easier, easiest routes uh, uh, that you could. And so there were some major trade routes uh, for traveling north and south, and this will be our next slide. We have some major trade routes. Uh, there's the Via Maris, which is Latin for way of the sea, that ran up the coastline. It's that white line you see right there. It goes up and then it forked. Uh, that is the way of the sea. So that was a major trade route. If you were coming from Egypt, uh, going uh, north, you would come up uh, that trade route, up the way of the sea. Uh, or there was the King's Highway. The King's Highway is mentioned in the Word of God. Uh, you remember David said... Uh, uh, that they wouldn't bother anyone in the city. They would follow the King's Highway. And so the King's Highway ran along the top uh, of the Jordan Mountains all the way, all the way. It ran right along the top of those mountains. But if you'll notice, uh, right up here, uh, you see the Sea of Galilee. The little blue dot right up there is the Sea of Galilee. So the Via Maris comes up and cuts across right there at the Sea of Galilee. We see the King's Highway goes just to the right of the Sea of Galilee. Everything is going by the Sea of Galilee. So north and south, you traveled one of these trade routes. Anybody coming from any country, going to another country for trade, would follow these two routes. Going north and south, this is where they traveled. But the mountainous terrain made east and west travel very difficult. So if you go back and go one more slide, Hot Rod. Uh, so we see here, we're back to this picture. So you've got mountains valley, mountains, and seacoast. Now, if you're traveling east and west, coming from the coast uh, over into the, the, the east, or if you're coming from the east to the coast, uh, you had all these mountains that you had to cross. Now, in order to get there, uh, you pretty much had to go, go through Israel to get to the coast, uh, but it was mountainous, very mountainous terrain, and so it made east and west travel very difficult, except for one location, except for one location. It was very difficult except for one place. And boy, I'm telling you what, whenever, whenever I put all this together, it just, it just excited me to see how, how careful God is. There's one place where you can cross Israel that you don't have to go across any mountains. If you'll go to that next slide, Brother Hot Rod, if you look here, and I wish I had my pointer, let's see if it's got any charge itself back up here. Hey, looky there. All right, so if you'll look right here, you see right there, you can go across Israel without hitting any mountains. One spot, right there. Now you can also come from above the Sea of Galilee and come down and through that same location. Now what you have right there, just to the, just to the south of the Sea of Galilee, right there, you have the Jezreel Valley. That is where the Jezreel Valley sits. What is the Jezreel Valley? The Jezreel Valley is where Armageddon will take place. There has been more battles fought in Megiddo, in the Jezreel Valley, than anywhere in the world. Because if you could control 
the Jezreel Valley, you could control the trade routes of the entire world. You were, you were in charge if you controlled the Jezreel Valley. You may have heard of the city of Megiddo. The city of Megiddo is right there in that location. That is where the city of Megiddo sits. I was able to visit the city of Megiddo. You can overlook the entire Jezreel Valley. The people would uh, fight. They would win. You remember I told you there's 30 layers at, uh, at Megiddo where it would be defeated and someone else would take over and they would build a fortress right there. So they would get defeated and somebody else would build a fortress right there. They wanted to control that trade route because that was the major trade route Everybody who went, th everybody who went anywhere, went through the Jezreel Valley. Whether they were going north and south, whether they were going east and west, uh, anybody that came from anywhere in the world went through the Jezreel Valley in the region of Galilee. That's where you had to go. It was the only way. You have you have wagons loaded down with uh, with. Uh, product and you're trying to travel, you're trying to avoid the mountains, you're trying to take it as easy as you can on your animals, where do you have to go? You have to go through the Jezreel Valley, which is in the region of Galilee. Now here's the good part. If you go to that next slide there, Brother Hot Rod, we see here a map of the ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now I don't know if you can see it, and my pointer was just a pilot special and it died on me. Um, but if you look right here, you see the Sea of Galilee. Right here, just, just left of the Sea of Galilee, you see Capernaum. Down below it, you see Cana. You see Nazareth. Uh, over here, you see, you see Bethsaida. You see the Mount of Beatitudes. Uh, all around the Sea of Galilee, when Jesus based his ministry, he based his ministry in the Galilee region. Now, you can read your Bible, and you can say, why... Why did God send Jesus, whenever, whenever Jesus came from heaven and, and became a man, why did he go to Israel? Why was he born in a little know-nothing town called Nazareth? Why did he base his ministry around a small lake ministering to some old fishermen? Why? Why? I mean, I know God knows what he's doing. I know that God understands what he's doing. And I know that God has a plan, but... Wouldn't have been better if he had put him in a city or wouldn't it have been better if he had put him in a, in a very populated area? Wouldn't it have been better if he had been uh, at, some at some royalty level where he would have had more influence? Why did God put him there? Why was he born there? What was the reason for this? Why was he from Nazareth? Uh, the little city, right, you see uh, Nazareth, if you, if you look just uh, south of Nazareth, if you can see it, I apologize, not be able to see it. You look just south of Nazareth, you see the city of Nain. Uh, now, I didn't get to stop in Nain. We drove by Nain. Uh, but Nain is a city that was being rebuilt during the time of Christ. It had been destroyed and was being rebuilt. It's about uh, three miles from Nazareth. Uh, and most everyone from that region believes that when Jesus was a carpenter, he was a builder, stonemason, uh, that Jesus worked in Nain. That's where he worked. They would, he and Joseph would travel from Nazareth to Nain, and this is where they would work because that's where uh, all the work for that type of labor was in that day, was right there in Nain. And so here Jesus is centered uh, right here just south of the Sea of Galilee. This is where he's, he's lived his life. This is where he based his ministry. He did the majority of his miracles were done on and around the Sea of Galilee where nobody was. 
We think, but God knows what He is doing because right there in the Galilee region is where every tongue, people, and nation was passing through the Galilee region. Now, whenever you travel by foot, I don't know if you've done much travel by foot. I've not done much, but I've done a little bit of hiking. And uh, you stop for breaks often when you travel by foot. Uh, now, when you travel by automobile, uh, you know you go as long as your gas tank holds out. You know, you can go three, four hours before you stop and, and, and hundreds of miles. But when you travel by foot, uh, you know, you'll sit down and take a break every, every 20 miles at least. If you're in good shape, you'll sit down and get you a drink of water and eat you a sandwich. And, and get some strength and go again. Uh, most likely, if you're not in a hurry, you'll stop every five or ten miles and get you a drink and a, and a snack and move on. And so whenever people were traveling and they're stopping in Galilee to get something to drink and to get a little refreshment, they're coming from the north, they're coming from the south, they're coming from the east, they're coming from the west, uh, and they're coming through Galilee and they stop to get refreshed what do you think the local people are telling them about? Will you believe? Just yesterday, they said he walked on water. Huh? Who are you talking about? What do you mean? Oh, there's this guy. There's this guy that's just, he's been around here for a couple of years now, and he's just causing all kinds of stir. He is. Who is he? Oh, it's, uh, it's Jesus. He's a carpenter, but uh, now they say he's Messiah. But you said he walked on water. Yeah, yesterday there was a terrible storm on the sea, and they claim that he was walking on top of the water. He's able to calm sea. He's able to cast out devils. He's, and they're telling all this stuff. Then these Egyptians gather their stuff back up on their camels uh, and keep going north to sell their goods. And you know what they're talking to each other about? This story they just heard in Galilee. And when they get up there, you know what they tell those people about? This story they heard in Galilee. They travel back through. You know where they're sure to stop again? They're going to make sure they stop in Galilee again because they want to hear more stories about this fella. Oh, yeah, he fed 5,000 people with just a couple loaves and a few fishes. He did what? You know what story they carry back to Egypt? You see, God makes no mistakes. And when God said, we're going to put my son in Israel, and you and I living here in the U.S. say, why? That seems like a dumb place to start. God says, oh no, Abraham, I'm going to call you out and I'm going to take you to a land that I will show you. And, and Abraham, this will be the basis of my ministry. This will be the place where I will work out of. This is where I will send my gospel around the world. When you go to the next slide, we looked at it a moment ago, this picture of the propeller the nation of Israel sits at the center of the world. And this strategic location, and we know that there's more landmass there uh, than what this shows, but this was the known continents in 1581. From that central port, the gospel spread north, south, east, and west. The gospel spread all around the world. Why? Because when God picked the nation of Israel... He knew what he was doing. And it was from this nation of Israel. You can go to the next slide, Hot Rod. It was from this location that Jesus told his disciples at his ascension, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel. If you look at the globe right there, if you look right over here to the left, you see a little blue line. 
right at the top of that blue line, there's the Mediterranean Sea, there's Israel. And from Israel they went north, south, and east, and west, carrying the gospel to the entire world. Whenever I look at the strategic location of Israel, I want to say this evening that God makes no mistake. Whenever you look at where it's at, and then you look at how the land lays, there is no question that God knew what he was doing when he chose the land of Israel and when he placed it where it's at. I will say that I thought that was going to take longer than it did, so we're getting done early tonight. But, uh, boy, look, look at that. Look at how God placed that land of Israel. Go, go look at it and say, you know what? He did know what he was doing. I don't know about you, but I know that I've wondered that before. Why, why to a little know-nothing town? Why to a little know-nothing village? Why to a group of, of, of nobodies? Why, why there? But whenever you look at what God was doing, God knew what he was doing. And the gospel spread throughout the entire world. So we'll take and uh, stop there. Hopefully that was encouragement to you. As I told you, I, I had never done this type of teaching before, so I wasn't sure how long or short it would go, but we'll, we will grow. And before long, y'all be wishing I shut up. So we'll, y'all enjoy tonight. But uh, we'll go ahead and take some prayer requests. Uh, and then after that, we'll close with a season of prayer.